Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Coach's Corner. I'm Coach Andrew Poritz with Ingenuity Coaching. I help people to discover and fulfill their passions and greatness. My mission, to inspire and challenge you to dream big dreams, and with my coaching, help you to manifest those dreams into reality. You can visit my website at myfuturecoach.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Coach Andrew. If you're listening live and you have a question or you'd like to comment, the phone number here is 646-929-2893. You'll be able to listen to this show on the phone, and if you press number one, I'll know you have a question. We also have a live chat room right on the show page where you can feel free to participate. My guest tonight and next up in my Cabaret Performer Series is Sally Darling. Sally's background in, is in theater and related areas, and, and it's rich and varied actress, director, coach, narrator, cabaret performer. Her per- first professional role as an actress was Anna in The King and I with Leonard Graves. Uh, Sally is uh, here in New York returning to Don't Tell Mama with her show Perspectives, the latest in her acclaimed signature series of themed programs. She will be accompanied, as usual, by her musical director, the extraordinary Matthew Martin Ward. The series began with choices, then it examined the way we are, before exploring matters of the heart. In perspective, she invites us through songs and texts to be aware of how we see things, how each of us has a particular individual point of view which determines what we receive. You can learn more about Sally at sallydarling.net. Sally, are you with me? I certainly am, Andrew. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, first thing I'd like to ask you is your 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 sound. Where where where's your your sound from? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I actually I I'm from Virginia, and I had a definite Virginian accent, a Southern accent. But going into theater, you've got to pair that out. Mm-hmm. So. Slowly but surely, I got. Re- I don't say ambulance anymore. I say ambulance, you know? and there were a lot of those. But also, uh, when I was growing up, this, the the movies of the 30s and 40s and 50s, the speech was what you might call a mid-Atlantic speech, a sound between English and American. Right. And that was that was my goal to sound like that. And that, and, and that people like today, you would think of uh, Kelsey Grammer from Frasier. Yes. Uh, is a mm-hmm. Very much so. It's not an, a regional accent at all. It's a sort of universal sound, let's mm-hmm. say, in the English-speaking world. Ah. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's sort of not uh, – that I think that's sort of phasing out as, as a way of um, – you know, in in the in the world, I, I, from what I read about the Mid Atlantic accent, would you mm-hmm. say that that's true? I think that is true. I think we, it's getting lost. It began to be lost with the advent of television in the fifties, mm. because suddenly you had Patty Shayevsky, you had other screenwriters who were doing very realistic plays, and for that you got you started getting the really down to earth. Some called it the Ashcan drama. And in those, you had to have the, the particular sound of the characters, real sound, real life, next door. And so I think that was instrumental in starting the phasing out of the Mid-Atlantic accent. Uh, do you remember the actor uh, Jonathan, I think of his last name, he played Dr. Smith on Lost in Space, very famously 
and he he had that sound, and and much to my uh-huh. surprise, turns out he was from Brooklyn. I'll be darned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's the way he he spoke, and it was uh, almost British and almost not British, and it was very mm-hmm. very formal. And in a million years, you would never have guessed that he grew up in Brooklyn. No, indeed. <laughs> Determined not to have that sound, obviously. <laughs> but then you would have someone like Barbara Stanwyck. Yes. Ruby, what was her name? Ruby. I Ruby can't remember. No, her, her, Barbara Stanwyck's real last name. Oh, her, oh, oh. She sorry. was Ruby somebody from Brooklyn. And she was able to, she never completely lost that. She didn't have the Brooklyn accent, but she never completely lost that working girl sound. Hello, Andrew? Andrew? Uh oh, what happened? Hello? Hello? Hello, Andrew? Hi, sorry, I, I got disconnected. I don't know, I know what the I, last thing you said was. I was talking about um, Barbara Stanwyck, that she yes. kept that, that working girl persona. Yes. But she could use the, she could use the mid-Atlantic accent when it was called for. And I, I, and, I, and I was unable to find, I was actually trying to find her real name. Uh, I was... Yes. I cannot think of it. It was Ruby... Well, someone will know it, <laughs> and of course I'll yes. think of it as soon as we. You know the off. answer to this question. Call in now. <laughs> Give us, <laughs> tell us. Ruby so, Stevens. I think it's Stevens. I think her name oh. was Ruby. I think. Okay, I like that. Okay. So you you pulled that out of the out of the hat. That's excellent. I sort of feel it's like going into the library and asking. You are correct. I found it. Ruby Catherine Stevens. How about that? Yes. Okay, I was right. Sally for the win. <laughs> <laughs> you betcha. So I would like to know how did you come about uh, learning that, and how uh, when did it become that's who you are, and you'd have to actually think about how, speaking like somebody who came from Virginia. I'm not sure I followed you there. You mean how did so I? You you had you you took uh, I would imagine diction and uh, elocution and all that, and that became a, a part of your your way of speech. And at what point did it become the that that's your new way of speech, where you would actually probably have to think hard to sound like you came from Virginia? Right. Actually, it was very natural because my mother had that speech. Ah. She had been in New York as an actress and uh, had gotten the had to pay her out her southern accent, and so it was very easy for me to copy her way of speaking. And then again, as I said, as a movie buff, I heard it all the time. Yeah, I, and I really, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, watching those old movies. I don't know about you, but but for me, I sometimes fantasize about, uh, especially living in New York. Uh, one of the things I like to do on New Year's Eve, I like to get dressed up in a tuxedo, and I'm in an old Fred Astaire movie. Oh, lovely! Yes. <laughs> The sophistication that we would love to have around us. Yes. It's like Uh a wonderful world. I should do that. Now, this next New Year's Eve, which is not that far away, I'm going to put on a gown and pour a glass of champagne for myself. Yes. And I'll do it whether if I'm at a party, if I go to a plain old bar, or even if I'm in my house by myself or preferably Mm -hmm. with somebody. 
It's yes. dress-up time. Yes, indeed. And there has to be champagne. It has to be. Yes, indeed. I, I once actually went to a party many, many moons ago. I went to like a series of parties with a few people. We rented a, we had like a car and driver, and we went all over the city. Aww. And everywhere we went, we'd have a, you know, we'd each have a bottle or so of champagne, and I saved, of course, the best one uh, oh. for for midnight. Wow, that sounds heavenly. But it, you know, it, when you started it, 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 off, I thought they're going to be in the car, circling New York, drinking champagne. Uh, we did that as well in between <laughs> parties. Uh, we had, I think, five parties, four, three or four in Manhattan, and and last one in Queens. Um, we're talking about twenty something years ago, and yes. all dressed up, and uh, and uh, on to the next party, sir. You know, uh, <laughs> thank you, driver. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know like that's that. my cup of that's my cup of tea. So I would imagine then that this kind of sensibility is uh, is very present in your act. Yes, it is. It really is. I um, well, I don't know that it's a deliberate thing. It's just who I am. That's what I mean. And so you know, when we when we put a show together uh, with with Matthew Martin Ward, uh, when I do it with Matthew, we obviously the first thing is to find the songs. And then when we get the songs that we like and want to do and get them in proper order, then it's a matter of me writing the text that relate, that brings the songs into the theme, that makes each one pertinent to the theme. Yeah. So there's a lot of me in it, indeed. So, so I, work, working backwards just a little bit, so tell me how you wound up in this arena of cabaret. It's well, I had been in theater, of course, yeah. for many, many moons. Then I had pretty much gone away from theater and spent a number of years doing narration for the talking books for the Library of Congress and then commercially for recorded books. And that took me that got me my my after a pension actually. Oh wonderful. And then for some years I really didn't do any theater and I hadn't sung for well, anyway, I, I started working with Paul Trueblood just for the joy of singing again, because I hadn't sung for 21 years. Mm. And then while we were just happily working on things, a lot of Noel Coward, a lot of Cole Porter, he said, we've got a show. And I went, what? Because <laughs> you know, I'd never done cabaret. I had done musicals, but never cabaret. Yeah. And so in 2005, we did the first cabaret, which was Noel and Cole, and it just went from there. And I loved it. I do love it because I love that collaboration with just you and the accompanist and that bond. that When you create music together, it's something quite extraordinary. And I love not having to depend on anybody else. Mm. And would you know, do you normally work with, a, uh, with more than one instrument? Do you work with a piano or a trio? Just the piano. Just, just the piano. piano. I think Matthew is a full orchestra. <laughs> all ah. by himself, and so I've not felt I've not felt the need or the desire for a trio, even though it would be fun to work with more sure. musicians. But I like just just working with Matthew. Uh, what are, and what are, what are some of the songs? Like let's let's go back to your first, you know, okay, and Cole show. Can you you remember some of the songs you sang that night? Well, first time you did that show. Let, no, it's very confusing because I had. I, I, created three Nolan Cole shows back in the 70s for a regional theater. And as far as I know, I'm the first one to put those two together. Now everybody does it. Mm. And then I did, uh, as, as 
you know I did then the uh, Theater Guild cruise. I put together a specific Noel and Cole tailored for Patricia Morrison and Larry Kurt and Tony Tanner and Dick Sean. And wow. so I'm so into their songs, I can't at this moment remember which ones were in what show. <laughs> but I do know I started in 2005, I began the program with a an Ethel Merman song by Cole Porter, I think from Panama Hattie, which is I'm Throwing a Ball Tonight. <laughs> and being Cole Porter, it was all topical names, so I had to change the names and the rhymes to bring it up to to, mod- to, de- to date. And even now, looking at it, it's out of date, you know, so quickly. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of songs, when you, when you uh, look at some of these older songs and when they refer to people... Uh-huh. Uh, nobody today, other uh, 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 young people, will, are likely to know who we're talking about. Absolutely. If you stuck to the to the original. Uh-huh. And but Cole they, Porter loved to do topical sure. references. So some of the best songs, you've got to be able to change those references and make it work now. And then you get the flavor, the full flavor of the Cole Porter song. When you hear a song like, uh, who wrote How About You? Wow. Who did write How About You? Uh, I can't, I I like can't think of the name. Yes. Was it? You. And, uh, ooh, thank you. I just, got, I, just, I just got a line of songs from you. That's nice. <laughs> I'm trying to see if it um, back the composer. And then when you hear, like, uh, Frank uh, Sinatra's uh, first time he sang it was, and... Um, Franklin Roosevelt's looks give me a thrill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then and later he changed the, it yeah. to and that was, Jimmy Durant. That was an updating of the original. And I can't remember <laughs> the original. <laughs> that that's a good question. So that's a, the kind the kind of thing where you you might to today I if I sang that I might say and uh, Justin Bieber's looks. No, I actually yeah. I can't I can't bring myself to do that. No, I, not that. I can't. Please stop me. You've got the right thought, but not the right person. Not the, no, his, his looks do nothing for me. I, sorry, sorry, Mr. Bieber. Precisely. He still looks like a baby, and that's that. A baby with lots of tattoos, but what, oh, what could oh, you do? Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> I think we think alike here. Yes, I think, uh, I think great minds, as they say. Yes, and they do. So you know, um, it's oh, uh-huh. you, know, you know, you had mentioned uh, Dick Sean. You also mentioned Larry Kurt, which is uh, what yeah. a great, what a what a great name. Um, uh, and actually, when I think of Larry Kurt, uh-huh. I don't know if you remember, um, there was a commercial that he did hmm. uh, for um, I think it was yeah Schaefer beer commercial. Oh, where he plays, uh, he's like he, there's uh, the new kid in the locker room in, in the baseball team, and uh, he sings the Schaefer jingle so mm-hmm. magnific- magnificently. You can find this on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they all they're like in tears from the, the, this rendition of the Schaefer theme. Oh, God. <laughs> I've got to look for this. You have to find that. But no. Dick Sean, um, when I think of Dick Sean, um, mm-hmm. who was one of my favorite, I mean, he died so so tragically young, um, yeah. and he was, uh, you know, people today might remember him. Well, he was in uh, in the producers uh, in the movies and uh, Mad, 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 Mad World. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, and it was so one of the he was a, uh, funny in the way like of a Robin Williams with that very fast, crazy stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. 
Well, my 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 parents when they met when they became a couple it was like a weekend at the Tamim, the old Tamament Lodge in in uh, upstate New York. Oh my gosh! Yes. And uh, there were they had amazing shows there, and people who wrote it was a guy who writing the show who shows who went on to some very big things, and so they had uh, doing that show. There was Dick Sean. There was uh, I think. Uh, Neil Simon and his brother might have written one of the, uh, the show that went on at that weekend, and, and Carl Reiner. Oh my gosh! And, and the four of them uh, came walking at late at night after the show. They knocked on my on the bungalow door. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, desperate to use the bathroom. Oh, for heaven's sake! This is a true story. Huh? And and Dick Sean said the four of them were in my parents' bungalow, and Dick Sean said, one day, you'll be able to say Dick Sean peed in your bathroom. And guess what? <laughs> yes. they, they certainly did use that line, and, and now I'm, I'm sharing this with the world. That's grand. <laughs> and that is so Dick Sean. I mean, that is so absolutely him. <laughs> and he was, like, not yet big. He was, like, up and coming at that time. Mm-hmm. It was, like, 1950 or... Or fifty-one, something like that. He did not lack the self-assurance. No, <laughs> not at no. all. No. So uh, one of the things I'm really fascinated about is that you're doing a show called Perspectives, and the reason mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by by this is that that's one of the things I talk about in in coaching. It's one of the biggest things we do in coaching is helping somebody change perspective. Yes. And I've mm-hmm. done talks about perspective and done demonstrations of of perspective. And uh, it, it's, it, I think it's a very important, uh, important thing. I'd love to hear uh-huh. from you some of your thoughts about, about that and how you might bring that uh, uh, to uh, a show in, 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 the, in the musical form. Well, in my opening remarks, I say that um, perspective, in other words, it's your point of view. Yes. And it's individual for each of us. Our reactions to what we perceive are filtered through our basic natures, our upbringing, and our choices. And then I go on to quote Henry David Thoreau, who said, the question is not what we look at, but what we see, which I think is a wonderful quote to it. Sure. And then I, of course, go ahead and say, and of course, I've always considered the way I see things to be the only sensible way. (laughs) Of course. And then to say that it's taken me years to learn that there's your truth, there's my truth, and just possibly the truth. Hmm. And I carry on from there. (laughs) Now, what would be, is there an example of a time when there, that you have actually figured out what the truth is, or is that something that that nobody knows? There's sometimes I have felt in touch with it. But I think even the truth might be a very slippery thing. Mm. I don't know that you can ever pin down the truth, because once we feel we've found the verities, the next generation has a whole different set. And what are the constants? What are the constants that stay in any... What are the constants that are universal, that don't conform to any particular race, creed, color, class, uh you know, that, are, that we can absolutely say are universal. I'm not sure I can say that. Mm. 
because the next the next the next culture the next gener cultures just comparing cultures one culture's absolute truths and verities are absolutely not the next persons of the next cultures and that's where we get into trouble because we tend to say but mine is the best Mine is the only true, true truth. <laughs> no. And and many a many a, a war and atrocity has been founded on that. Mm-hmm. Yep, you will now believe, you will now adhere to my truth, or I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> and and every side thinks they're right. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my idea is to try to talk about perspectives. How do we see things? How do we absorb what we see? And are we open to change? So uh, do you have any examples from your current show that you could tell me about? I should have my script in front of me, and I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just for example, I say, getting on to my, my, after the opening song, getting on to the next song, I say that this thing of, you know, the truth, the perspective is particularly difficult in the area of relationships. Heaven knows I've looked at romantic partners and seen only what I wanted to see, Mm -hmm. despite all the evidence to the contrary. And then I sing, you fascinate me so. And then after that, I say, um, for me, the glass is always half full. I'm that terribly annoying creature, an optimist. (laughs) And I'm also romantic, and that leads me into the next song. I also, you know, what just popped into my head was um, that <laughs> song, The Devil in the Deep Blue Sea. Good Lord, I haven't heard of that for years. It was a just good song. Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. Yeah, because it has that, like, you, uh, I should hate you, but I love you. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You have me in between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. And the Deep sea. Blue Sea. So it's like, I, uh, I could look at you like, I could I could really love you because you're so wonderful. But I could hate uh-huh. you because you're so horrible. Absolutely. So what is my perspective at any given moment? Mm-hmm. When, any moment when I look at you, where am I, what am I seeing when I look at you at this given moment? That'll, that'll dictate whether or not I hate you or whether I love uh-huh. you. Well, I'm sure you know that famous um, uh, like psyche, uh, the psychology test where the, the, the ink blot or yeah. the, the, the thing, the, the, it, do you see an old lady? Mm-hmm. You're a young lady. Or mm-hmm. there's, there was a third thing, and I can't think of what it might be. But those, that, that's, and, and, and you ask 20 people, and maybe nine of them will say, oh, that's an old lady mm-hmm. with, a, with, a, with a kerchief. And no, no, that's a beautiful young woman with a necklace. Do you remember, what was it, which was it? It's Olivia de Havilland film, in which she played the twins. One was good, 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 and the other yes. was bad, bad, bad. And the ink blot. And the, mm. the good one said, Oh, she's charming. She's lovely. Look at her shawl. And the bad one went, this is blah, 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 you know. And it was, it was so telling. Oh, there was like, there was a, a, a movie, a, a Woody Allen movie, a, 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 a Play It Again, Sam. Did you ever see that? Oh, yes. Yeah, not for many a year, but I did see it, and I loved it. There was, it. was a, a scene where they're in the, uh, the Guggenheim. I, mm. I think it's a Guggenheim. It's some kind of an art museum. And... Um, and he's like he just wants them to meet somebody and and Diane Keaton says, Well what there's a there's a, a girl right there, why don't you go over and and and, and talk to her? Well what what do I what do I do? What do I say? And she, she says, uh, 
<laughs> ask her what she thinks about the painting, and she's looking at some painting which you don't see. Right. Um, but it's you know modern modern art, so it could be anything. And so, so 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 what do you think of the painting? And she starts talking about this painting represents that. Desolation of man and, and the inhumanity of it all, and she's like, sounds like the most depressing thing you've ever heard. This is what he's just nodding his head, and then he says, "So, so, so what are you doing Saturday night?" And he, he says, I'm, "She says I'm committing suicide," and he says, "How about Friday night?" He was wonderful. I mean, really, on the top of his form, he was just wonderful. And that's just one of my favorite pieces. But that's a perspective thing right there. That's like, if you, I'm sure you go into a museum like that, and it's like some people see the, you know, a white circle with a black dot, and it's the the most magnificent thing they've ever mm-hmm. seen. And other people see, it's a what? I I could have done yeah. this, and it's a white circle why? with a black dot. What does that mean? Why? What is the point? Yes. And there's all these different yeah. looks. And I went to actually the Whitney Museum recently, and I saw. Oh. An exhibit of a, a very famous uh, uh, artist whose name just went out of my head because I, I'm under pressure here. Anyway, of um, and a lot of it was just like lines, and, uh-huh. and, and and a lot of it was much more interesting. But th- when I heard the the um, the, music, the woman giving the uh, the talk about the pieces, it's like oh. Now she showed me things I never would have seen because my perspective was I see straight lines and boards. Uh-huh. Uh, that's what I tend to do, and so I really I should go and get a tour and have someone explain to me what I'm looking at with modern art. I think it's it generally leaves me. I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it generally leaves. Terrific. Good. So sometimes you need that person to paint a picture, no pun intended, of of the perspective. And now, is is that something that that you do in your show? Mm-hmm. I try to. Yeah. That's that's the whole point: is to try to make us aware of how we choose to see things, how we choose to react to things, and that it is a choice. That is actually the absolute key word, and you beat me to it: the uh-huh. choice. Mm-hmm. That we make everything we do, we make choices all day long, and where we are now is the result of all those choices. I say that all the time. Good, we are we are aligned, Andrew. Yeah. We really are. Yes, it's like we went to coaching school together or something. Together. <laughs> I must have sat in the far back. Yeah, I think I I once carried your your books to school. Did you? Oh, oh. Yeah, I was I was you know that you know I was a little shy, but. Oh, but that pleases me. You you carried my books. That makes yes. me feel very good. I uh, yes, I, that's why I had that little halo thing around my head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the opening line of of uh, You Fascinate Me So, the song is, I have the feeling that beneath the little halo on your noble head, there lies a thought or two the devil might be interested to know. Ooh. And goes on from there. Yes, beneath that halo, is uh, <laughs> we might want to take a look at that. <laughs> and again, perspective. She sees, she calls him the noble head, and she mm-hmm. describes him as having a halo, but she's so determined to find something else about him because he fascinates her. So you've got to be devilish. You've got to have another self there. You know, again, 
not seeing what's right or not accepting what's right in front of her. So, I, I, so tell me some more songs that are in your in your show now, and I also would like to get a sense of how you have evolved your act. Ah, well, some of the songs, Falling in Love with Love, the Rogers and Hart song, mm-hmm. we were working it, and all of a sudden Matthew went into the Sati Gymnopedi, the dum bum 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 mm-hmm. And it just, it is so exhilarating. So he plays the Sati, and then I come in with Falling in Love with Love. It's a wonderful, wonderful arrangement. Then the next song is Willow Weep for Me. Oh, and I love back, that song. Yeah, I do too. And back to Rogers and Hart for Mountain Greenery. We do, uh, Matthew does the Randy Newman, the theme from Monk. And, the theme um, from Monk? The theme from Monk. It's wow. a jungle out there. Because I've talked about spending a lot of time in a 12 by 20 foot cabin by a lake, Mm -hmm. how I didn't have indoor plumbing, I had an outhouse, didn't have hot water, the cold lake was my bathtub, and from there we go in, and I said, you know, I say my friends thought I was out of my mind, but I loved it, so that leads us into mountain greenery, and after mountain greenery, I say there, there are nature lovers, there are those who find solace in nature, and those who most definitely do not and Matthew hits us with, it's a jungle out there. Huh. <laughs> you know, it's very fun. Yeah, and then, was, then the, look at the character from that show, too, who could certainly find no solace. None whatsoever. Yeah. Going outside in that germ-laden world. Mm-hmm. And we do Dark Horse, the Amanda Marshall. I do a Noel Coward. I do a Stephen Sondheim, a Leonard Cohen, David Yazbek. Uh, we do Schadenfreude from Avenue Q, mm. uh, and uh, it's it's quite a variety. Did you have? By the way, did you happen to watch the uh, the uh, the president giving out the free medals uh, the other day? I wanted to, but I wasn't home. I couldn't ah, get to You could you could uh, see it online. Ah. Uh, I, I watched the the intros and, and they were terrific and, and he got to you know introduce or talk about uh, Sondheim and Streisand mm. but the two musical people mm-hmm. but he had a very interesting line about uh, Sondheim's uh, songs that are not uh, many are not meant to be like hummed you know mm-hmm. you don't walk around humming a Sondheim song like you might uh, they're meant to be really uh, you know talked out and and acted and and uh, uh, performed in a different way. They're very much a part of the shows. Yeah, they yeah. they are embedded in the shows. Sure. But we do we don't do I don't do the usual ones that people expect. For for example, Matthew and I, the song time we do is "Remember" from Little Night Music. Okay. And we do it, instead of, you know, the whole chorus did it together, the little chorus did it together, right. we do it as he and she. And she's saying, remember this, and he's saying, remember that. And it, it really works. And, and ironically, that's a song that most people may have forgotten. Mm-hmm. Because it was only sung by that, that group of four, and I don't know if it was even in the movie. It may have been up in the beginning of the movie, I'm not sure. But... The lyrics are wonderful when you get a chance to really hear it, and dividing it into him and her, it really works. So that's been a lot of fun discovering that. 
You know, I just thought of another 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 song. Um, I don't know if this is a song you would ever do, but a song from uh, How to Succeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, now she's thinking. Now he's thinking. Ah. Do you know? I don't know it, and I'm going to look it up. And now right. she's thinking. Da 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 da. And, and uh, they're kind of working out what the other one, you know, is. Th- so that's another perspective. So it just popped into my uh, head as we're talking. And that's from How to Succeed. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and uh, Robert Morris and um, yes. and oh my God, I used to love her and I was can't it, think of her name. Was it Michelle Lee? Yes, Michelle Lee. Thank uh-huh. you. I strike again. Yes, you're good. Cool. Ooh, you're good. You. <laughs> I'm on a roll, Andrew. I'm on a roll. <laughs> yeah. Robert Morse, my Facebook friend. Ah. Not, I don't, I've never met the guy, but I get to see he's my Facebook friend. I get to wish him happy birthday. It's very exciting. Excellent. <laughs> he did. He was so wonderful in True. You know, the, yeah. the Truman Capote, that one man show. Sure. Woof. That, that to me is the highlight. But I bet you and nobody remembers but me. Apparently, that he had a he had a summer show on television. I didn't know that. Nobody. Re- I've yet to find anybody who remembers it. I can remember oh. it so vividly. For heaven's sake, you know, I don't remember it at all. And it was like you know, he'd uh, sing and he'd do stories, and then they'd, they'd have a they'd have scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, I was usually up in that cabin. By the lake in the summer, so and I certainly That's didn't why. have TV. <laughs> That's and probably I, and why. And I'm just totally guessing. I mean, 66 or 67. I'd have to find it. I've never been able to find a, a, a segment of it. It was only on, you know, in the mm-hmm. summer when they used to have the summer replacement shows. Right. When's Absolutely. the last time you heard that line? Well, that's been a while. Yeah, that's they definitely don't, they don't been a while. And always the hope that one would really hit it and get put on the fall or the winter schedule. Right. And very few did. Sometimes very one few. did. There was even mm-hmm. a Bobby Darren one, and nobody remembers it. Oh, my gosh. Bobby Darren's summer replacement show. I was like, yes. Now, there was a talent. Into, mm-hmm. Not that, that not putting down Robert Morse at all, but just adding in Bobby Darren. He was brilliant. Again, someone going much too, much too soon. 30, 37, I believe. Good heavens. Yeah, that's criminal. <laughs> no. Get back here. <laughs> I can still remember him on the, a week, maybe a week or less before he died on Johnny Carson, talking about going in for the open heart surgery and making oh. jokes about it. I'll be darned. I'd forgotten that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, died on the table. Say. Good Lord. I had completely forgotten how he died. Oh, that's tragic. Well, it, it was tragic in any event to go that soon. Yes. Mm. Oh, that's so, depressing. Well, yeah. So let's change that subject, and, and yes. so, so I want to get back to the. Um, as we, uh, I said, I'd like to learn a little bit about the, um, the the progression or the the uh, what's the okay. word I just used before the. Uh, well, progression of your act I'm, from how you started. Because I knew Noel Coward Cole Porter so yes. well. Uh, the first two were Noel and Cole, and then Noel and Cole two, brilliant title. And then people <laughs> were saying, "But you're not telling us anything about yourself," because I would set up, I would go into how the songs were written, or or just comments about them, and personal things to to 
let the audience know more about Noel Coward and about Cole Porter. And then someone, several people said, but we're not learning anything about you. So my third cabaret was My Life, Their Songs. Mm. And again, it was Noel Coward and Cole Porter's songs, but I talked about my life. And I used their songs to illustrate moments in my life. Take something very obvious. After my divorce, I went into, after I spoke about my divorce, I went into the Noel Coward song, Never Again. And so you could do that. I could pick songs that would just illustrate moments and feelings. So I found that, yeah, people liked it, liked hearing about me. And from there, I think the next one that Paul and I did was Forevermore is Shorter Than Before, in which I talked about being the age I am, and, mm. and just songs that would sung by older people in theater, on, on film, and talked about, again, my life, but in relation to getting older. And I always include a lot of, I, I include now a lot of quotes, Quotes can lighten the, the mood. Quotes can make you think and then make you laugh. So that's been an integral part. Then the following one with Paul was I'm a Stranger Here Myself. And that continued this format. And then Paul died very unexpectedly in January mm. of 2012. And I thought, that's it. I'm hanging up the, the cabaret because I can't do it without Paul. And a week later... Sidney Meyer of Don't Tell Mama called me to commiserate, and he said, now, you're going on. I have a list of names and telephone numbers. And he had three, and he said, try these, and if you don't mesh, call me back. I'll give you more. And the first one on the list was Matthew. And we have, well, we had a wonderful time because I took the music to see, to go through the music, go through the whole show, see if he could manage it, and he appreciated the quality of the music. So, and I thought, okay, we're on the right track. And we just were easy together. And as I was leaving the studio, he said, I like you. You're fun. And that sealed it. <laughs> yeah. And the bond has just gotten, well, it's, it's turned into a real rapport. And that's a lovely thing. So then we started after, with the reprise of Strangers, then we started these theme shows beginning with choices and then the way we are and then matters of the heart and now perspectives. And yeah, we've yeah, done you just reminded me of something. Uh, What's that? Sally. When you yeah. say the way we are, yep. there is a song that Sinatra sung um, where he sang it once in the late 50s. Um, um, now I'm trying to think of the name of it. And, uh-huh. it, and it was uh, basically how I loved you. As you know, as a, somebody who had passed, ah, and then he re sung, he redid it. Now I'm gonna have to look it up because it's just it's just I'm blanking on the name, and he right. redid it later on from the other side as if this were in the present. Hmm. Um, it was on the All the Way album. It was actually a single. Um, oh, I'm just going so blank. But it, it's such an it, it just reminded me of that kind of a. Total shift of perspective, um, and uh-huh. it's just as beautiful either way. But in the first version, you're thinking, you know, this uh, this is this woman. I, I oh, this was my this was my love is the name of the song. This uh-huh. was my love. Uh huh. And he changed it to this is my love. 
That's interesting. When he redid the song years later, and it reminded me of the way we are versus you know the way we were, which is where everybody's mind, I'm sure, goes. Yes, indeed, which is why I wanted to make that emphasis, the way we are. But that's, that's it. I must look up that, the Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're both beautiful, beautiful, almost mm-hmm. equally equally gorgeous to listen to. So the, so, so, so the, so the, and what is the way we are about? What was that? Well, it was basically taking a look at where we are now com- compared to the individual courses, of course, individual pursuits. What did you set out to be? Where are you now? How do you feel about it? Um, look at yourself. Look at out. We should each look at ourselves and say, "What is the way I am?" as compared to what I was, mm. realizing that everything I've done has led me to the way I am. And, and that's, you know, we're talking about perspectives and the choices. And, and as we said, everything, who you are today is a result of all the choices you've ever made. Absolutely. So the the themes kind of intertwine, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Not one category is absolutely separate, nor can it be. But it just, it makes, the wonderful thing is it makes me think. I always have trouble writing the text because it won't come and it won't come and then all of a sudden it's perked enough on the back of the stove that then it, it really starts to flow. But it may saying, what am I trying to explain here or get people to think about here? What, where can I make them laugh? Where can I lighten the mood? Where can I do this? How can I... How can I share through entertainment? It has to be entertaining. And if people come away and go, oh, I want to think about that point Mm. or that quote, that's fine. That's exactly what I want. But I want them to have had a good time, to have been entertained. So so, so why don't you describe a little bit the process from getting, you start with a theme and, and how you might select the songs around them and how you get to that place of the, you know, some people call it the patter or the, or the text, mm-hmm. and, and what is the role of your musical director in helping you create that? Well, his role, absolutely, is we put, when we find the songs and we try them out and we explore ways in which to do them, and his arrangements are just, just wonderful. But actually, I can give you an illustration. We're working, we were starting on a new show, to prepare it, and I thought the title was going to be Imagination. And so, of course, I came up with Use Your Imagination. And then I thought brilliantly, ah, Willy Wonka, A World of Pure Imagination. We'll put that with Use Your Imagination. Well, I went to a show last night, Richard Holbrook's Christmas show, and he started with Use Your Imagination and A World of Pure Imagination. (laughs) And I thought, doggone it. And I've since heard that a number of other people have put those together. So, again, will I continue with that or postpone it? But anyway, we usually start with, sometimes we start with a theme. Sometimes the theme doesn't emerge until halfway through the assembling of the songs. And you realize, Hmm. oh, that's what this show is about. So the main emphasis is the songs. And once we get the songs and we get enough songs that we can put together a really good order that makes a solid musical program, then it's up to me, if we have a theme, to take that theme and write the text that ties each song into the theme. 
And if we don't have a theme, to find the theme, given the songs we have, mm. to elaborate on that theme. So that's my challenge. Yeah, that sounds like a, an interesting challenge. Mm-hmm. It really is. And as I say, because of the themes we're finding or choosing, I really have to dig into myself to say, now, wait a minute, what does this mean to me? Mm. How can I share how I feel about this? First of all, how can I find out what, how I feel about this theme? And then how can I share it and share it entertainingly? Well, I, I am very much looking forward to uh, uh, finding us out in person. Which is oh, fantastic. I'm delighted. You are coming, are you, Andrew? I am going to be there on what? the 13th. On the uh, 13th? That's Sunday. That is correct. Yeah, a week from Sunday, thank heaven. I have a little more time to get it back. <laughs> yes, and I... I, 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 I yeah, last night I got to have dinner with uh, a, a, a woman who was my upstairs neighbor when I was a child, who's you know, who, the mother of one of my my buddies. Uh-huh. I've not seen since uh, high school, since I was in high school. And, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, I've invited her to come. I think she's going to really enjoy you. Oh, that's delightful. I'm so glad, Andrew. I'm delighted that you're coming, because I'd love for you to see the work, see what I do. Oh, yes. Now, by no. the way, I, you know, I don't know if this is true in the, I, the, the picture that I, that I have on the show page that you, that you uh-huh. provided. Has anybody ever said you remind them of uh, a Jamie Lee Curtis? No. I used to get, who did I get? I used to get uh, Julie Andrews a lot. Oh, I could which, see that which, as well, yes. Which pleases me enormously. Yes. Because she's wonderful. I used to get Jan Sterling. Do you remember that character actress? I remember her, but not like vividly. <laughs> right. Well, I would get that sometimes in cabs. Are you Jan Sterling? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, oh, I have to tell you, Matthew, something. Uh, Matthew, Andrew, something just just came up just on Saturday. I was informed that at Lincoln Center... In the Performing Arts Library, downstairs opposite the auditorium, is an exhibition of headshots. And in a case, far across the room, case there are open player's guides. And in one of these open player's guides, there I am, in the leading lady category, 1968, with my credits at that time, and talk about perspectives and galloping down memory lane. It just was so wow. unexpected and just amazing. And 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 did you make? Did it, how did you feel when you when you saw that? Well, I was sort of my gosh, did I ever was I ever that young? <laughs> one thing that was right after I separated from my husband, and I was going. I needed a leading lady picture because I was going out on tour with Commedia dell'arte, and I was playing Flaminia. And in the three cuckolds, and so I got that shot and put that one in player's guide, and that's when I joined Equity on a white contract, hmm. which was at that time just so unusual, and I, that's one of the things I'm very proud of. And what is it, what tell tell people what that means? A white contract means you've joined as a lead. Uh, usually people have to earn points in summer stock, et cetera, until finally you get to a point where you can join. And most people join on a pink contract, or it was that at the time, 
for a supporting player. The white contracts were the leads. And to join the actors' union on a white contract was very special. <laughs> and I loved it. So that yeah, all so, came back. You know, looking at that picture and the credits then, that sure. all came back. It's funny. I actually um, am a member of the, uh, the Screen Actors Guild. Ah, Mm-hmm. Well, they now call it SAG after, but I, I yes, you now just calling it after. SAG. It's just too much work to say exactly. all of that. They even changed the website. You can't even just go to SAG.org anymore. You have to type you the whole can't. thing. It has to no. be SAG after. It was until recently. It would just relocate. It would find it. Now it's now you have to work at it. But uh. you know, this, I I I actually be- belong to that by almost a freak of luck and. Um, and I, 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 my singing voice is in the movie, mm. and it made me eligible because it was the voice of a, of a lead actor. And I know that so many people go out of their minds to do this to be, become a member of that. That I, I, I say, yeah. okay, I'll join uh-huh. that. I didn't have to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I, now I get to go to movie screenings and and stuff, and that's all. That's always fun. Absolutely, that's fun. That is fun. Indeed. But I, I just I, like I can imagine the, uh, what people have had to do, and then you have this wonderful experience of of the the white contract. Exactly, just waltzing right in. Actually, my the the director, the man who put the sh- put the committee de latte together, he assumed I was equity, ah. and I didn't tell him I wasn't. But the moment he put that white contract in my hand, I went straight to the equity office. <laughs> and later he said, but, 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 and I said, I am. I'm equity. There you <laughs> go. Can't but take that away if, from me. I knew if I told him I wasn't, it would change the entire outlook. Yeah. But I was his leading lady, and obviously I was equity. But I wasn't, but I instantly became equity <laughs> the moment that contract was in my hands. I might have to go to the, go to that library and, and take a look at that. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I need to get back there. It didn't have occurred to me, being in kindergarten where technical things are concerned, it didn't occur to me to take my phone and take a picture of it. I was about to ask that. And I went back the, on Sunday, and, of course, it's closed on Sunday. Uh-huh. I assumed it was closed on Monday, but no. So I, I think I'll go back tomorrow because I want to have a shot of that. Yeah, I would very much like to see that. It's over. You come in, and it's to your right over almost to the wall, the last glass case before the wall. Ah. So, And there are open TV, open players' guides. And I think there are four of us on a page, and just diagonally from me is Olivia de Havilland. And, and uh, who, is, who, who is still with us? Is she really? She is well, in, well into her nineties. Yeah, she's like I think ninety-eight, maybe, or I think she's in the late nineties. Her 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 her, her de- estranged sister died a couple of years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. That's sad. They never they never spoke for decades before. Exactly. But, uh, she's still around. Well, that is she still living in Paris? Uh, I think so. And she's I only think... there's only like one other person or something that's alive from from Gone with the Wind who was one of the oh, one of the babies. My. Oh <laughs> that anybody knows about anybody. One of the right. babies is still alive. Oh, for heaven's sake. Who's now like yeah. in his late 70s. Mm-hmm. But de Havilland was, she had such grace. 
she was beautiful and graceful and warm, enormous warmth. Oh, did you did you did you did you know her? Well, have you no, met her? No, but just just from just from the screen role. Mm, yes, yeah, very grace of, is a good word. Mm-hmm. You get a sense of her as a person, and certainly, though it was not the paparazzi like it is today, anything in print you ever saw about her was never detrimental, was never vulgar, was never, to use a strange term, vulgar. <laughs> yes, vulgar. But it was never it was never lacking in quality, and she was quality. Certainly on screen, she was. Yes. So um, we're gonna we're actually in the last in the closing minutes of our show. Where did the time go? The time flew by. I mean, we actually have about uh, you know three to five minutes. Uh, so, but now is the time when we start talking about we. Now I know what you're up to. It's on my show page, but I would like you to. Uh, uh, and bear in, bear in mind that uh, the vast majority of people who uh-huh. listen to the show won't are not listening now. They're going to listen in, in down the road, maybe tomorrow, right. maybe ne- maybe next week, maybe next year. So, so the good news is if you're listening to it uh, uh, tonight here on November 30th, uh, 2015, you have uh, a little window in which you can. And if you're in the New York area, or anywhere near New York, we'll have a plane ticket. You can come mm-hmm. to New York and see Sally Darling in person. Uh-huh. Very very shortly, as and you can even see it with me, and no, and no additional charge uh, in the audience. I will be there going. I will be the guy with the the shaved head beaming uh, the lights onto the stage. But uh, I don't know why I said that. Do I need dark glasses? Do I? You might need dark glasses to, to, just to be in my presence. But um, and if you're not listening uh, now or in the very near future, and this is in the in the past, well. Uh, Hopefully you will be uh, uh, have another opportunity, um, but let's talk about right now what's happening at Don't Tell Mama. And this time we're going to tell. We're telling. Okay, absolutely. Now my show perspectives is on Sunday, the, t- the December thirteenth at five p.m., and also on the following Saturday, December nineteenth at five p.m. And it's Matthew and me, my show with Matthew Martin Ward. And do come. I think you'll really enjoy it. I, I hope so. so too. <laughs> if not, so look for additional forward. shows in the future because I'm not stopping. Excellent. <laughs> no. I, 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 I hope you, you never stop. I have no intentions of it. As the saying goes, I'm going to live forever. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> you know that they're that they're um they're, they're uh, it's an unbelievable. Here's technology, they are doing a live hologram concerts next year of Frank Sinatra, and the and Andy Kaufman. I'm not making this up. So they're going to be. I don't not sure where this is happening, but it's going to be like with a live orchestra, for example, uh-huh. a hologram of Sinatra that they they've created, this and is it will going too be far. as if it were a live show. Mhm. Mhm. Ooh, I don't like that. <laughs> it's so. It's. But, but uh, it's I, I getting guess more. You kind of really can go forever. I I I, mm-hmm. I was fortunate to see him many times live, so I know it won't, uh. won't be the same. But except that they're going to be able, he'll be sometimes he'll be 1975, and next minute he'll be 1957, <laughs> and now that'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it has its good sides, and for me, it's bad sides, but. It's the things, the wonders of technology. 
and who knows what they'll be doing in 15, 20 years. Well, I think maybe they'll, uh, you know, they'll make uh, musical clones that uh, you grow them and then you get residuals. That's I'll have my to plan. Think about, I have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I may be up all night thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's just hard to have done this to you. So, uh, Sally, I want to uh, first of all let's say, uh, again, uh, uh, don't tell Mama. Uh, we can find out uh, uh, more about you. At, at, uh, at sallydarling.net. Well, at the moment, the only thing that's up there is my publicity for the show. But there will be more things soon. It's there will new, be more things soon. Yeah, new website, and so I haven't gotten someone to tell me what to do yet. Okay, and I, I, <laughs> I, do, you, do you have any other social media uh, things at this point? I'm, a, I'm on Facebook. Okay. I wasn't for years, and a friend has been urging me to, and so last Christmas she sent me as my Christmas present Facebook for Seniors. Excellent. <laughs> it still took me until February to go online, but I did. And I'm, so I'm there. I'm on Facebook. I, I got my dad on uh, in a kind of quiet account so he can see what I'm up to. Good, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. so yes, it is, it's, it, I, I know an, a lot of a lot of seniors are. It's actually the fastest growing group on on Facebook. Really? Yes. For heaven's sake! So we're That's not right. quite as, we're not quite as out of it as we tend to think we are. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And uh, let the kids have their Snapchat or whatever it is they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but you're not on Twitter, is that correct? No, I'm not. Okay. That's the next, the next frontier, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Steady on, Andrew. Steady. <laughs> <laughs> Full steam ahead, Coppin. <laughs> Watch out for the rapids. <laughs> <laughs> I always do. Well, Sally, darling, my you are, and you are a darling, Sally, darling. I want to thank you so much for spending a, a good hour with me tonight. Thank you for inviting me to. I've really enjoyed it, Andrew. Very much. Wonderful. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, I thank uh, Richard Skipper for uh, for setting this up. Uh, always uh, yeah. the, the, the provider of wonderful guests, and I am uh, grateful to everyone who has listened tonight. And I look forward to meeting you, Sally, on the thirteenth. Thank you. I look forward to speaking with you in person. And we're getting a <laughs> selfie. <laughs> All right, Andrew, you bet. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in next after after December. And thanks for listening to Coach's Corner. Good night. Good night.